Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Here's Nikki. Hello. Here I am. Happy Tuesday. How's it going, guys? It's the winter solstice, right? Isn't it the 21st? Oh, yeah. It means it's winter today. It's like the happy shortest. Winter. Yeah, happy winter. It's like the shortest day of the year or something like that. Sure does this feel morning, like it. This morning, the moon was out. I don't understand the moon. Like, sometimes the moon's like out during the day, and it's just like... it. I just, the moon is a shifty, uh, a shifty, I can't, I don't, my brain's not working yet today, but it, he's just, uh, he plays by his own rules, the moon. And do you know why the moon would be out during the day? Does that I think, make sense to you? 
I think from uh, what I've learned, the moon is always out. It's just that we don't see it because of clouds or the sun is too bright. But I think it's just out through the whole day. Okay. Yeah, don't write into us and tell us what yeah, that don't. is. I could easily Google it if I care. So I just, I have a feeling like if I knew that, I would be compelled to be like, let me let her know. Um, but I, I'll look it up if I, if I want to know. Um, but yeah, there's, man, there's some things that I don't know. Do you know how long it takes the sun's rays to hit no. the earth? No. Apparently my, my friend got a cognitive like test done of to check his like, if he's um, stupid or not or whatever. And um, there's a picture that's askew and it was bothering me. Um, and one of the questions was like, what, uh, how long does it take the sun's rays to hit earth? And it's eight minutes and 30 seconds. Who I Like I could have, it could have been anywhere from 0.01 seconds to 10,000 years. The, you know what? I would not have said 10,000 years because the speed of light is pretty fucking fast and I know that if the sun explodes, like, we'll die. And it's not, I've never heard the thing of like, it could explode and we wouldn't know it yet. That would happen if it exploded. It would take eight minutes and 30 seconds for us to see it, I guess. I was just but about isn't to it weird? ask, what? I, was, I was just about to ask, what are we supposed to do with that information? Why is it useful? Um, <laughs> it's just nice to know the speed of light, I guess. It's just, that's a good point. Why is it useful? I, do, I don't know. Um, because there's no, like, the speed of light is so fast that, I guess, what is interesting, though, is when you look at stars, you're looking at the past. Mm, mm -hmm. that, that, to me, is cool. And, I mean, also the sun, you're looking at eight minutes ago. But I think the stars is, like, really, really long time ago. Um, man, I was reading about, like, on Reddit, they had this thing called, like, what's this? It was an Ask Reddit. And it was, like, what's the scariest, what's the most disturbing thing you know? Or like something most unsettling Ooh. thing. And there's this theory called the dark forest theory. Have you ever heard of it? No, do tell. Okay, so there's like so there's a huge chance that there is intelligent life somewhere in either our galaxy or other galaxies. There's just they've they've done all the equations and there's like some kind of model math equation that's like let me just do it like I remember it. They've yeah. determined that there must be intelligent life out there. The odds that it there wouldn't be are in like there's just no chance there's not based on how many different places there are in the galaxy that would support intelligent life. So the dark forest theory is that yeah, there's just no way. If we are, it's like one in a billion chance or something. Like it's some astronomical number that it, that those are the odds that we are the only one here. So the, the the theory is is that these um, these people are all hiding in the forest. All these intelligent lives. If if you're intelligent enough, you know that any <laughs> other civilization that you find in the galaxy would destroy you Im immediately because it would be a threat to your you know survival. Wait, so, are they in our forests or like on other planets? Uh, other planets. Oh, okay, but like out in space, right? Like our galaxy and beyond. So if there are, there probably are intelligent civilizations in, in whatever that would look like out there. But they would be so intelligent that they would know that any time that they would find another 
life form out there that that life form based on what life is is you just want to survive at any cost so knowing that they would immediately be engaged in a battle where they would die so the idea is if you know that there's something out there you want to stay hidden to go out and look for it is the dumbest thing you could do so they are smarter than us probably or Based upon, you know, the, the odds, there are intelligent life forms that are far more advanced than we are. We've only been around for like 10,000 years, humanity or whatever it is. Or if you've, or like, you know, hundreds of thousands of years. But modern civilization, like, in, in the industrial age has only been, you know, a couple hundred years. So what that means is that they're out there and they're hiding because they don't want to engage. And as soon as we find them, they're going to be forced to destroy us immediately. And they will be able to because they are so much more advanced than us. So the idea that we are out looking for them is like the dumbest thing in the world to do. And we should absolutely stop. That's the dark forest theory. And that any second we're going to find them. And as soon as we do, they're going to be like, you're gone. Like we're not going to put up with this because is so it's, it's pretty much that, that, that we're like the dumbest people to be like where are you guys knowing that the sole mission of any civilization is to destroy anything that would threaten it equals they're more advanced they would destroy us immediately without question or enslave us or whatever that is so we're dumb to go looking for them <sighs> are you, you looking for aliens <laughs> i believe I, I believe too, like I think it's very selfish to think that we're the only living civilizations, but I'm not looking for them. I'm not, I'm fine with never discovering an alien. Right. Um, I never want to see one either. The other day, Andrew tells me that he walked into our apartment and we have all these wires that are lining the walls so that they could put lighting up for when those cameras were tracking my life oh, those cameras what and for? we don't know we, don't have, we have yet to know and that's a lie i just want to be honest with you i do know but i can't tell you but there's all these lights up in my house and there's all these wires that are like hung with tape you know around the perimeters of the room so that it doesn't look crazy but the wires are starting to fall because of just you know the tapes wearing off and this one wire is falling right in front of our door for the podcast studio it's a very, it's like this long wire is just dangling, like a, a an arc. And Andrew said he came in the other day from being on the road. He got back several days before I did. And he said he walked in and it was swaying like a lot. And I was like, dude, it's the air. It's the air. And he's like, dude, it was a lot. And I go, I've already seen it. Like when I see a wire swaying, I don't go ghost. I go what is the physical, what's the scientific explanation for this? Because it ain't ghost. Ghosts cannot be. Because if they are, I will not sleep. I made a deal with myself at an early age that ghosts may not exist. Because if they do, I would be in constant horror. I would never want to be alone. I would never want to be, walk to my kitchen in the dark. I would never... I, would, I wouldn't be able to exist. Honestly, no, my life as a child was sleepless. I had bags under my eyes constantly. I, was, I had insomnia as a child because I was scared of aliens abducting me. And ghosts were not even, 
Ghosts weren't even registering. I thought, you know, aliens are much more of a threat to me than ghosts. I had heard too many stories. I knew about the Men in Black before that movie even came out. Like, I knew that the Men in Black show up if you've seen an alien. So I didn't want to see an alien because I knew the Men in Black would come and show up at my door. So I was like, I was, so then I made a deal with myself at one point where I go, ghosts aren't real, Nikki. Because if they are, if people, that's the thing about, um, Sarah Silverman used to have a joke about people protesting at abortion clinics. And if you really thought that babies were being murdered, like if you in your heart of hearts thought that abortion was murdering babies, you damn right they should be out there protesting. Like if that's what they really felt. So when these little girls, you know, when parents have their kids hold signs and these little girls are crying and like, you know, life begins at whatever and they're holding these signs, those little girls, like I have a lot of compassion for them because they don't know that from what they hear from their parents, babies are being murdered and then tossed into dumpsters. They should be upset. They should be screaming at the women walking in, don't do this, please. If they really thought that was the case, you know, whereas adults are intelligent enough to understand what that is. And if, but if they aren't, or if they somehow believe it really is murdering babies, they have a right to be that upset. And I was talking to someone about veganism recently. And I was saying that, you know, that's how like vegans feel. It's like that there's holocausts of animals happening constantly. Billions of animals being needlessly murdered and suffering their whole lives, every single day, globally. And it's it's just so if why you think vegans are so annoying is the same reason that I just said for the the kids crying about babies being murdered. Vegans truly feel that animals that are as intelligent as sweet as your dog are being needlessly murdered every day for mass consumption where you just take a bite and you go, I don't like this. And you throw it out like not even like enjoying food like thank you for this meal, turkey who gave its life. It's just like, I don't like dark meat. I don't want it. And like throwing it away. It's like, that's, that's why we're so upset. We truly feel like dogs are being murdered every day by the millions. So for you to, so even if you don't, if you don't look at veganism that way, or you don't feel the same way I feel about that stuff, have some compassion for vegans who are really mitigating how upset we are at the, the scale of which we feel animals just like Luigi are being murdered, which by the way, I've always said is the best part of an animal's life that isn't factory farming. The murder is not, when someone eats meat in front of me, they're always like, I'm so sorry. And I go, I'm so grateful that animal is dead because it was before it died that its life sucked. Death was the greatest gift that animal ever received in its life. So I'm glad it's dead. Um, so that, like, it was just an interesting thing to posit uh, about, you know, was the fact that yeah, like that's how I that's how I feel. And when I first became a vegan, it just caused me such depression because it was just constantly being confronted by it. And like you just suddenly see the world in a different way and then you can't unsee it. And I had to just do what I honestly feel like Nazi Germany had to do. And I'm sorry to compare it to the Holocaust, but I'm going to. Like I know people are animals are different, but I just feel like you know, there were a lot of civilians who knew exactly what was going on and they were probably fucking horrified by it. But they had nothing, there's nothing they could do as an individual at the time, I guess. 
And so you go, how could you let that happen? Well, I've, you know, there are people that stand in front of these factory farm trucks and like risk their life to just give these animals a piece of compassion before they go into the slaughterhouse, whatever it is. And, um, and are on the front lines trying to make this stop Greenpeace, you know, the whaling boats, they risk their lives. I can't do that. I'm not willing to die for it. I don't know. I'm just, there was a time where I just had to give up and now I'm like, Oh, I'll wear a little vegan pin. That's like all I can do is like, and, and have one of these rants once every 20 episodes. But yeah, it's just, do you ever care about something so much and no one else is on board or so few people are on board or most of your friends aren't that you just have to kind of go, I just got to keep this to myself and find a way to survive in a world where no one else agrees with me or the bulk of people don't. You just, you know what? Yes. I've, I found myself in those situations and I think what gets me through is just like, I know what the truth is. And if they're suffering and all of that, I like it's going to be inevitable that it's it's going to come out. But everyone will reach that truth in their own time. Yeah. Okay. That's good. That's good. I feel like I. That's how I've kind of made peace with it too. Is that I was once that person too. You know, like I was once. Sure. Exactly. You know, but I I just have to say that you know before you get there, and I don't I don't. I really don't judge people who eat meat. Like, go at it at your own time. But you will get there eventually if we live long enough. And the truth will come out and we'll be horrified by what we did. Much like smoking inside with children or, you know, no seat belts with kids back in the day. Or, like, all of the things that we look back and we go, how could we have done? Or, you know, just uh, the, the slaughter of Native Americans. The slaughter of, uh, of, of uh, the genocide of any people. And that the people that kind of sat back and go, well, it's not me. I can't really say anything. And I don't want to get in the way because I don't want to use honor. Like, we look back and we go, how could that have happened? I think we'll do that for animals. But um, I don't know that we'll last long enough because we're looking for aliens and they're going to destroy us right away. <laughs> which will be the best thing that ever happened to all those animals' lives is when the planet just explodes. No. Because of a fucking laser beam <laughs> from an, a child alien who's just like, mom, I found one. <laughs> And then the earth explodes. <laughs> like We just become a little game like a gnat. Like I'm just stepping on a gnat. Do you ever step on ants and you just go, oh my, like you accidentally step on a bug or like you purposely kill one, which I don't believe you should ever do. But like you just go, they were just walking along and then bam. Sometimes I read about like, and this is all on these Reddit threads where it's like, what's the most horrifying thing you can think of? And a lot of them is like these, you know, uh, solar events that are like oh we get sucked into the black a black hole or um they have all these names for it but there's all these things that are bound to happen if we last long enough like the sun a sun explosion or like sun there's some kind of sun thing that'll suck us in immediately you gotta and, get and off people go, that's so horrifying i go that's gonna be the greatest thing ever i hope i don't want us i don't want it to be like this thing where we lose all our oxygen and we're like <gasps> and there's like ash and vul volcanic dust and we all suffocate to death i'd like it to just be bam like i'm just like brushing my teeth and uh, blink of an eye done that would be a better death than literally any other way to die we wouldn't even see it coming like whenever someone like there's this one that i read about a lot where a bridge fell on a girl like this bridge just collapses when these people are in traffic and the girl is she's in the passenger seat gets splattered 
like she just gets flattened like a piece of paper. Like they can't find literally any of her remains except her cell phone, which was like next to her. There's no piece of her that her parents can keep. Not a necklace, not a shred of clothing, nothing. The guy in the, in the next to her in the car, her friend, completely scratchless. Nothing happened to them. It was just like just her. And um, and I think that wouldn't be the worst. That's so tragic. Wouldn't be the worst way to go because there's no, oh my God. There's, that's my biggest fear of dying is the, oh my God, right before it. Of like, I had this vision last night that I'm going to be crushed to death by something that's falling and I can see it falling. And I go, no, 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 no. Because that's what happened to me when I got hit by a cab. Yeah. Right before I got hit by a cab, I go, no, 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 no. And I remember as I said, no, 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 no. These are your last words, bitch. The, this is it. No, 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 no. I don't want to say anything. I want to be like, you know, singing a Taylor Swift song. And then it just cuts me off right before the bridge which is the best part of a Taylor Swift, any Taylor Swift song, you know that. Um, right before the bridge falls on me. <laughs> the bridge of the ta- that would be the best bridge to fall on you. The bridge of all too well. 10 minute version, baby. Um, speaking of Taylor Swift, I have been doing daily open mics over on the, the Nikki Glaser pod Instagram account. I cannot stop. I have time off right now and that is what I do with my time off. Thank you so much to everyone who has joined in and watched over there. I just put a video up on my Instagram of me singing to Luigi yesterday. And so I think we're going to get a lot more Nikki Glaser pod subscribers that aren't really fans of the podcast. I'm a little bit nervous about that, but I said, you know, I'm doing these daily, you know, open mics. So I'm guessing it's going to be people that are curious to see that. So that's a good person. If they're curious to see me singing to my dog, we'll let them in, even if they're, and then maybe they'll become fans of the podcast through that. I don't know, but I am trying to keep it pure over it. Pure sounds like, (laughs) (laughs) that sounds like we're, we we're back to where we started. I'm trying to keep the Nikki Glazer pod family, like actual listeners and, and besties, but I might get some, there might be some more in there today after my post, but so be it. Go watch that video, by the way, if you missed it yesterday of me singing to Luigi. It is so fucking cute. I can't stand it. Let's get Andrew in here. Andrew! Are you looking for some amazing TV to stream? Well, sink into your couch and indulge with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. We're talking some of the greatest comedies of all time. Absolute must-watch shows. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the crew in How I Met Your Mother, All nine seasons of How I Met Your Mother are now streaming on Hulu right now. One of my favorite shows ever. And I mean, don't you want to know how he met their mother? Then go back home with the Dumfies, the Pritchetts, and the Pritchett-Tuckers in Modern Family. Then you can start over with the Roses on Schitt's Creek. And then see what's up in the Kyle household in My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. I mean, can you even watch all of this? We think so. Head on over to Hulu and start streaming today. Now we're talking. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. 
This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hey, Andrew. Yo. <laughs> no glasses today? I left them in the car. Oh, shit. Um, I was just talking about, I've been going live on Instagram every single day on the Nikki Glazer pod to do Taylor Swift open mics. And um, honestly, I've done it four days in a row, I think. I know when you're going to do it. You when you text leave, me, you go. Are you going to be gone? You're going to be gone for a while. <laughs> I know. Well, yesterday I asked him, I had to go to therapy and I was like, as I was running out, I didn't have time to give Luigi his second w-a-l-k of the day he's right here so i don't want to say it um and dummy ml he he responds to the even the spelling now and yeah. even on mlk junior day he goes Whoop. oh because it sounds like it um so but yesterday let me can i just guess this is how much i overthink things and i think i know you so yesterday i think it timed out perfectly that you I asked Andrew as I was leaving, hey, can you walk Luigi if you have time? But he had to go mm-hmm. get his booster shot. On the way back from therapy, I go, I don't care if you didn't weren't able to. I just want to know if he's had a second WALK. So I go, did you walk him? It's okay if you didn't. Just need to know. And he was like, and he said, I wasn't able. Oh, yeah. That wasn't able to getting the booster shot. And I go, cool. Then I get home. And then I go, hey, when are you going to be home? And I think you maybe read that as like, are you going to be able to walk Luigi when oh, you get no, home? Oh, no, I didn't. You did I honestly it? didn't. You knew I was going to play guitar? Well, I had a thought. I guess maybe I had a thought that, oh, 
maybe you can't get home because you were going somewhere after therapy. Yeah. But I didn't write a couple hours to get out of walking him. It was just, I was going to the range. No, I know. you. I, I didn't think that either, but I thought, <laughs> oh, I think I just bought myself a little bit more time than because if Andrew let's say Andrew had to come home to get oh, his sunglasses yeah, 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 he yeah. might not have because then he would have had to walk Luigi as opposed to if he just went so oh. I was like oh I didn't mean to but I I was just checking if he'd be there when because I wanted to play guitar really loudly and I was like oh I think he now thinks I wanted him to walk so maybe I'm just maybe I'm sending him away a little bit with this well you know I, I don't know what I'm gonna do when you don't live here I'm going to play guitar a hundred percent of the time, all the, like, I'm going to get so good. I mean, it's just too embarrassing I to was, practice constantly in front of you. I told you two hours. I got to the range. I think and then I he got back six hours later. I think no. I hit like 550 golf balls yesterday. I have so much energy now from, I don't want to like talk shit about Zoloft because it really did help me a shit ton. Yeah. It might deplete my energy a little bit also we're not traveling every fucking weekend for the last 30 weekends yeah you've had some time to be home and like, so it's, like yeah it's like night and day and there's but no looming travel coming up other than other than seeing family yeah, holiday yeah which is the hardest show of the year um, <laughs> i don't i don't think you're doing a lot more than 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> you'll be dancing the whole time i know i don't get to sleep with a meal either um but you know I, I ended up, yeah, I was just, I'm just so, like, I have this energy, and I just need, and I'm just, like, I don't know, like, I feel like there's freedom here, and, like, that's why I just, like, hit balls for literally six hours, well, and then I saw that. that you were You alive. were doing that a lot back, yes. you were putting in 550 golf balls uh, days in a row back in the day. I think that it just, life got in the way, cold weather got in the way. Yeah, this cold weather is interesting. But Brenna the, moved back. Like you're, you're, you don't have as much free time now. And yesterday she's at work all day. Mm -hmm. You, yeah. I mean, it could be the Zoloft, but I'm thinking there's a lot of other things. Oh, too. there's a ton of and factors. And you were doing this a lot before. True. 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 But I gotta tell you, I. Uh, Are you coming again? You can just feel your penis again. I can feel my penis again. Mm -hmm. It's like I'm a born again. Uh, Virgin who could feel his dick. Wait, I'm sorry, I missed it. So you're you're getting off. <laughs> He's of weaning off Zoloft because he got off. on Wellbutrin. Yes, oh, and okay, Wellbutrin nice. apparently is better with orgasms and sexual drive. Why wouldn't everyone give you Wellbutrin first then? Because I think they got to deal with the Zoloft people. I just think some people can still come. I think I wasn't that great of a comer to begin with. Right. So maybe there's people that come within two seconds oh when they God. have sex. My friends are in a new relationship. He's 40 years old. She's um, wait what? Four years four, 40, older. 40. He's 40. Oh, she's you said 43. Four. You said four years old. No, I said 40, but it might have come out like 40. Oh, <laughs> that's why I was like. <laughs> she. He's 40 years old, okay. or maybe I did say. She's. He's 40. <laughs> she's 43. Tape. Maybe I did. It could happen. Um, and. They were there. They just met my friend and Chris and I were in LA. Okay. Um, about a month ago at this point, and Chris has two friends that they met that he knows separately from once from like a work situation, a girl, and then the other is like friends with his through his brother. I know the man in this scenario. Known him for a while. The girl Chris had become really good friends with since Chris and I had broken up. But now Chris and I are hanging out again. 
I was like dying to meet her because they're so close and she just seems awesome. So I was in LA with Chris and I was like, I'd really like to have a dinner with Nick, this, this girl. And cause I, I just need a new LA friend and she just sounds, if he's so close to her, like mm-hmm. I'm, it's going to work out for me. And, um, he's like, you know what? I'd love to bang out two like friends in one dinner. Like I'll invite Ryan and Nick. So we go to this dinner we have a great time just hanging out. They meet each other. But like we're just talking about all different things. She's seeing a guy at the time. He's like just getting out of a thing. There is literally no spark between them. Not, there's nothing, nothing. There is nothing. Where are they sitting? I think that's important. Well, it's, it's, it's a, 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 a square table. Yeah. It's Ryan. It's Nick. But they're next to each other. Yeah, but it's like I'm next to Nick and I'm yeah. next to Chris. Like it's it, there's nothing. It's not there on one side of the table, and it's four. It's a square. Okay. And they're yes, they're not across from each other. They're next, but literally, if you would have asked, they, no spark. And okay. I even asked them later on, like, was there anything there that night? And they were like, no. Like we were just having a good time talking openly about sex and dating, but she was in seeing someone, mm. and and that she was very into. And he was just getting out of something with someone who is far too young for him. You know, like you. And, but How still. How dare you? No, Brenna's she's the best. She's 26 now. I know she. And I miss you, baby. <laughs> I miss her baby, too. She's in the other She room. texted me last night. She was so nice. Um, so, uh, then after. so Wait, then how after, long ago was this? This was. A week? Like, no, you're just right in LA. this was right after San Diego. Like okay. This was right oh, after, okay. So this was a month uh, ago. Okay, the other LA. Okay. So then within, so right after that, we took a picture at the end of the dinner just to be like, that was such a fun dinner. Like, let's take a picture. Ryan tags us all in the photo and he gets her Instagram. They apparently just start DMing after that. Just friendly. Like, it was so fun meeting you. Like, he has no intention. She, she, he was, you know, just light DMs. And then all of a sudden something happens and Nick is a really good writer, like really good. And Ryan is just an emotionally secure, like, just confident person. Apparently he has a huge dick that got revealed at dinner too. That couldn't have hurt. Um, and he's a short guy though. Huge dick, short guy, but it gets, and he's on, he's on the radio in LA. He's a part of the Ellen or the, um, what the, the number one radio morning radio show in LA, Ellen, Ellen and Ryan, but it's Ellen's show from, uh, she used to be with another guy on the radio. I don't know. I should know these things. So, they leave, they start DMing, and they are they fell in love within four days. They're like they see four each other. days after that. No, they see each other, I think, right away. Like t- the next okay. day, maybe two days later. She cuts it off with the guy she's seeing. They start dating. They are official within less than a week. He's on the radio every morning. He brings her on the radio to declare that they're official. I go to dinner with them just this past week because I was in LA. And we go to the same place where they met. We have they haven't been back. It was four weeks to the day where they met. And I am sitting next to two people that are like a couple. Like they are the most comfortable couple. There's no like new couple energy of like this, like, we're so in love. Like, where you go, this is not sustainable. It's just they just fell in love instantly and they're done. They're getting married. They're like, they're done. They just know. Wait, what does she do in LA? She is a writer, director. Okay. She just she's one of the most incredible people so I've ever met. So she's very like independent in her, and she's 43? Uh, I think said, so. Yes. Or whatever. She's yes. older than him? Yes. So they both have like fulfilled somewhat of their passion of what they've wanted to yeah, do already. Yeah, they're both in a good... Ryan goes to bed at like 
8 p.m. because he has to be up for radio at like 3 in the morning. And Just so, the timing sounds perfect for them. It's the, it's all about timing. It's all about luck and timing. And we were thinking about it and we were like, oh my God, if Chris wouldn't have gotten exposed to COVID in St. Louis, he would have come out earlier to L.A. But because he got exposed, he came out later and we stayed an extra day, which led to this dinner. Ah. If he would have gotten exposed to COVID, they wouldn't have met. Like, it's all of these like things that happen like with truly anything. I mean, Noah, with you and... um. And and Avi, like, do you ever think about those that one thing that could have been different that would have led for you to not be living in Arizona right now with your fiance? And you know, oh my gosh, especially since we met for the first time in 2011, but didn't start dating until 2018. I'm, I'm glad. Wait, we didn't how did date you in meet 2011. in 2011 through his band? Yeah, like through like the metal scene and stuff. So he was like in my peripheral, but we didn't start dating because of Instagram until 2018. Was there a was, note in 2011 where you like, man, that's a hot guy. Like, was there a did you clock it? at all? Well, I thought he was really hot, but I was like, oh, he's like the front man of a band. I'm not going for this again. And I was, I, I was in a I relationship guess. anyway with another guy in a band. <laughs> so, right. I'm not going for this again, right at the same time that I'm doing for doing it. Doing it again. <laughs> I'm, I already know that it's a bad decision that I'm actively in, so I'm not going to go for it while I'm going through this decision. So so punk rock. And I mean, the same thing with you and Brennan. Like, if you would never have. Moved, yeah, if I didn't move here. Well, yeah, yeah, if you didn't move here, if you wouldn't have been on the podcast where she heard something on that podcast that made her go, this guy is worth following, or if you hadn't met Ashley and Raina, you wouldn't have been on that podcast. Yeah. She might have not have heard of you. And like, there's all these things that, like, I remember one time I was in um, New Orleans and I was going to go put like $300 on black. Like, I was just going to go fucking, let's just do it. And I remember I stopped to tie my shoe or to fix my boot. And I was with my ex boyfriend and he was like, because you're doing this, the outcome's going to be different than if you didn't stop mm. for your show. It's the butterfly is, effect. Yeah. It's yeah. so interesting. Did you win? Um, yes. Yes, oh. I did. I, I remember, yeah, we I doubled and then I quit. I'm really good at like, I'm good. That's huge. You quit after just winning once? Oh, yeah. I, winning once, I'm done. I'm good. I have don't you like, ever, I gamble have you ever every, lost gambling? Oh, yeah, and it feels terrible. That's why I don't do it. <laughs> when did you lose? Like, and how much? Like, because um, I've experienced it. I think the most it. is tough. a couple hundred bucks. Like, I wouldn't, I've always set a limit where this is the amount I'm willing to lose. And once this is over, I paid for the fun of gambling that away. That's Like, huge. all the fun. Yeah. I mean, I was, in college, I was addicted. I just, like, bad. If something feels bad, bad like enough. pawning things. Right. Yeah. Whoa. If the, if the pain is worse than the gain. I like the it's insane. <laughs> it's insane in the membrane. <laughs> no Listen, doubt, brain. It's that's what drinking eventually became. It's like the fun of getting drunk was always fun. Let's clock that at about an it, it was it was a 10 at times. Yes. And then it became about a six around the time that my hangovers became tens in terms of pain. As soon as the hangover outweighed yeah. the good. Bye. It's the done. problem was is the first time I ever gambled and played blackjack. I won two thousand dollars off like. Right. $40. Mm -hmm. I went out, I bought a PlayStation, bought a TV, bought a couch, like bought like, like, I know, but then you literally a week all. later, I pawned it all back. Oh my God. And I still didn't learn my lesson. It was like a year later that I learned my lesson, but like, yeah, it's dangerous. It's win winning the first time is the worst possible thing that could happen mm. in gambling, I think. Unless you've got this mental fortitude where well, you're just like, well, that was good. It's the same as stand up. You do it one time. Most people that do stand up, as you know, yeah, 
their first time on stage, they killed. Yeah. And people that have done stand up and give up usually d- did it one time and they had they bombed and it was such a bad. It's bombing is the worst feeling in the world and killing is the best feeling. Yeah. And if you start with killing the first time you're on stage because you invite a bunch of friends yeah, and everything, I had 45 people in the do audience. that your first time because you're gonna suck. You are going to bomb eventually, but if you have that win, you'll always remember that feeling and you'll be chasing the dragon. It's like heroin. You're always chasing that first high. But I guess I got so far because we did that one show and they gave me $600 in chips and I just cashed it. I didn't even play one hand. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's growth or I'm lazy and I'm tired, but I think it's growth. <laughs> it's growth. Right? Like yeah. to not. Oh, for sure. You, you but I just do miss doing... blackjack. Like I miss, you could like play with the just get chips. Some chips and play with them then. <laughs> Don't, yeah. act, don't act like that's the fun of that's what people do with drinking i just like the taste i miss having a beer after work it's like then have a non-alcoholic beer after work if you love the taste so much it's you don't but do you miss ever that. feel like we like we're too serious about like do we miss things because of that like miss bec- drinking not just drinking but just like i'm not gambling i'm good now but the, i part of me misses the debauchery and the and the vices and stuff like that where it's like, okay, stop taking yourself so fucking seriously too. Yeah, I feel like now though, I'm getting high off of things that, like feelings yeah. and vulnerability and um, intimacy. Not like surface and, shit. And like things yeah. I was scared to do, like playing guitar for people. Or like th- that That to me was always like, oh my God, that's like doing hair. That's so scary. I don't want to do that because... It's being embarrassed is scarier to me than doing drugs. Like being doing something that I think is like good and it's not is more of a risk than (laughs) dancing naked on a bar because I, you know what I mean? Like whatever kind of now I just think there's different things. And I always just think you had your fun, Nikki, like it's done. Like you, Uh, if you didn't get it done, then, then it wasn't worth doing. Part of me thinks, I guess if I didn't get the high of stand up and like that feeling of, putting myself out there that I probably would still be probably no, drinking and partying. Or I don't know. If, Maybe if, not. I think you would find it elsewhere. Hopefully I would be fulfilled I in whatever I, I did. Oh, if I wasn't doing guitar or I wasn't masturbating or I wasn't, <laughs> you know, you, you got to have something. Yeah. I'm not. But I'm, that was my thing. I'd go to a bar by myself, sit at the bar and meet people and just sit on the corner. And who knows where my night's going to go? Like there was that feeling of like, you know, you like. You get it somewhere else. You yeah. either get it with sex or like, you know, you just, that's why people go from being junkies to sex addicts. It's like, well, that's the lesser thing. That's not going to kill you as fast. Yeah. Uh, you know, or it's not going to be as painful in, in the short term as that other thing was. Yeah. But we're always just like replacing things: food, yeah. sex, weed, um, gambling. Weed just became for me like it became. It wasn't giving me it, the the returns were not as great as the negatives. Like it just was m- the number one thing for me is my brain and like being able to get work done and be smart and funny. And it was just making me unfunny. I just the Do second I think- found that it was struggling to yeah. like, think of a line. And I was like, oh, it's because I'm high. Like, I know it is. That, done. Done. It's out. Do you think, is there any resentment, like, towards, like, me living with you where, like, maybe I could have said something before or, like, no. No. Yeah. Mm -mm. No, it's, it's, no one. Because I know you've, you've had that in the past, like, with your anorexia stuff. Yeah. Where people didn't say anything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just feel like. 
but the, people weed write is to tough me all because the time. weed isn't. People write to me all the time and say my sister is anorexic and I don't know what to do. Yeah, can you give me any advice? And I say, honestly, there's nothing you can do right now. You you know what you can say? You can say. Hey, when you're ready to talk, if you want to talk about this, I will talk about it with you and give and have no judgment, no shame. I don't you say care. what it is. You say if you want to talk about. Yeah. Like eating, I noticed yeah. that you're doing something with food and your body and I don't care. I, I don't judge it at all there. Yeah. You know, Alanis Morissette shared in her documentary and I thought this was such a beautiful example of someone being supportive about an eating disorder because people don't understand eating disorders. If you don't have one, you don't get it. And it seems fucking weird. And her friend walked in on her sticking her finger down her throat, which is a very insane thing to see if you don't understand what that is. Even when I was anorexic, I did not understand bulimia. I thought it was like gross and weird. Turns out I ended up doing it a lot myself. But her friend just hugged her and said and just rubbed her back as she was over the toilet and said, if you want to, I'm always here for you. And I'm, I'm like, what's going on? And but she said the the key was there was no judgment because I think when I was anorexic yeah. people were just like what are you doing will you just eat something like this is weird like it was always met with like you're choosing this and you're weird like just talk to people that have anorexia and bulimia or like addictions like they have cancer you wouldn't yell at someone for having cancer you just wouldn't mm-hmm. or so just always yeah and and I the best advice I give is just tell them. When you want to talk to someone about this, I'm here and I will never judge you. No matter how bad it is, you can totally be honest with me. That's important because when you're able to get honest about what you're doing, that's when you're able to change. You know, in 12 step, the first step is just admitting you have a problem. And oh, and yeah. when you are confronted by people who are like, I'm worried about you. All you do is deny, deny, deny you. And then you start lying to yourself. But if you're met with someone that goes, I see what's happening. No judgment, but when you're ready to talk to someone, I love you and I will not judge you. And I know I don't understand it, but I'll try to. And I love you. And I know you're not trying to do this. And this isn't this is, like I'm here for you. And then you then DM me when they when they come to you with that. And then I'll tell yeah. you tell you what to do. But until they want to get healthy, they're not gonna. What they're if not they're like just going down on a ton of people in a theater? Like is that? Um. Do do they speak eloquently? <laughs> Am I eloquent? Would uh, <laughs> they have her baby? <laughs> His baby? Um, what a that line changed her life. That my dad one said line. it the other day. He was like, "You, I remember you and Lauren when you were 11, 12. Singing, we're talking about Atlanta's more. And set. will you yeah. go down on who in a, a theater? theater. How she says theater like, is unbelievable. My dad, you're in the back seat singing it, and he's just like, "What did my daughters just say?" But we don't know what that means. Yeah, the, down on you in a theater is so is that, a perfect way to write that lyric because kids will not know what that means. Sing, sing that all day, kids. They don't know. Oh, oh, you think that's what that's what you get from it? That kids don't know what they're what she we was saying. We had no idea what that meant. Down on you in a theater means nothing. I to I can kids. see your dad like pulling out of the movies parking lot, like, "Nope, we're not seeing fucking." Like <laughs> D- whatever I don't know something about Mary. It, we don't give kids enough credit to know that they know that it's something they don't understand, and they are okay with that. There's a million things a day that kids can encounter, and they go, "I don't know what that is," because I'm a kid. Yeah, it's like when I was singing Nirvana, as a, even though I was singing it probably incorrectly. I still the don't words know what wrong. the fucking Nirvana <laughs> is talking about. <laughs> Me neither. I don't it's think you're supposed mood. to. It's a vibe. <laughs> It's it, it, seriously. Yeah, most of their lyrics make no fucking sense, even as an adult. But we were stop singing "Rape Me" about, at twelve. Rape me. Kids do not know unless it's a visual, like pornographic, 
graphic video, kids do not know and they don't care. They just go, that's an adult thing. I don't even want to know about that. They're not like, I want to do that. So stop policing your children's uh, just the things they see and the things they read. Let them experience the world and give them the autonomy to go, that's an adult thing and I'm going to wait till I get to the age where I can do that. So you're kind of, in a way, giving them the benefit of the doubt. They, they're, they're smart enough to understand while also knowing that it's they're not They're smart enough them. to know they're dumb and that they're dumb because they're young. I did. I remember being a kid and being like, Parent, people seem to like this thing called coffee. It looks disgusting to me. It smells gross. I guess I'll figure it out when I'm an adult. They used to write checks. I'd see my mom writing cursive and I'd go, I didn't go, why can't I write cursive? I'd go, that's a thing I'm going to learn someday. I don't know it yet. <laughs> it's like when I would listen to uh, Two Live Crew and there was a line. I still remember. I was like, it was my first tape I ever got. I was like nine. Yeah. Two Live Crew is the dirtiest oh, yeah. rap music ever. And they nibble on my dick like a rat does cheese. Well, that's, once you know what a dick is, you're no, going to no, figure no, that no, one but out. But I'm saying like, I didn't really like know what blowjobs were at that time. I found it hilarious. Just a visual. Of someone <laughs> just going, I mean, that, it wasn't like a sexual thing. It, it wasn't was like sexual, but it was fucking hilarious. Yeah, let's get to the news. Oh. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. Yeah, you heard it here first. Just let it wait for a yeah, while. Yeah, I mean, what? <laughs> I was seeing how long I could do it without you saying anything. I mean, you were the first one to talk, by the way. True. True. It's Tuesday, folks. You know what that means? It is Tuesday. Just kidding. All the swells for everybody out there, except for um, Jack. Lance, actually. Oh, today. I, we can't say Jack, yeah. Uh, in a study that asked about the willingness to date. It sounded like you were saying a girl named Anna Study. Anna Study. <laughs> In a study, okay. It's like when I called that guy, Anna Colin, uh, in a study that asked about the willingness to date someone based on their number of previous sexual partners. Let me uh, guess. Men were less likely to date women if the number was other high way around. and women Other don't way care. around. Really? Which I don't agree with, but that's what the study says. But it was a small it was study small. of just one guy, I think. What, but. Did he pull people at his Thanksgiving dinner? What the <laughs> What? Okay, so it's in a small study, and a small study, and a small study. Okay, <laughs> that an ideal is two to three partners was ideal, and a preference for some experience <laughs> over no experience. I mean, it, this I read the I, article; it went from like ten to like sixty, which I thought was no. Well, what about you? I mean, we know Andrew's answer; it's preferably zero, but with the experience of someone who's been with fifty. So, and that's oh. most men. Noah, what is your ideal number of partners for a man that you're with in a perfect world? Oh, ideal. You Mine know what? isn't zero. I used to care this about it. I used to like not want to know anything, but now I, I understand that everyone has history, including me. So I don't, I don't care. Like it, even if it's like hundreds, I I wouldn't care. Agreed. I wouldn't care. If anything. I would be more turned on if it was hundreds, right? Because I'd be like, <laughs> wow, this guy got it out of a system. Like he's ready yeah. to. He's and I've, I get to. He out of hundreds, he's decided to stay with me. I've and heard like, girls say that before, and it, that blows my mind. That sentence. What? No, the idea that like. I won over a hundred. Oh, I don't think they win. I just think they're just at a point where they're ready to settle down. It's like if I could have been number thirty-three yeah, and said. they wouldn't have stopped. You just convince yourself of that a little bit, and you must. They have a lot of experience, so they must know what's good. I mean, you're not. You might be at a point in your life where you're ready to settle down, but you're not going to particularly settle down with someone 
that isn't good at the thing that you have a lot of experience with. So I'm probably can uh, guess that I'm in the top 20% if he's going to settle down with me, regardless of if he's tired or not. Yes. That's so true. Andrew's yeah. answer, though, he said it's not zero. We, it really it's, isn't it's, zero. It's, it's zero. not zero. Shut up. It's not. It's one. No, it's honestly, I would say, depending on the age of the woman, I would say five to ten is a solid number that I would think wow. is good. You want them. You don't, I don't want a zero, but it doesn't make sense. Why did you experience. say I don't want them? To, what, what, finish that sentence. I don't want them. I don't want them to be a zero where they haven't experienced sex at all and then I'm the first person. It's a lot of pressure. <laughs> oh, it's a lot of pressure. Oh, also, yeah. It's not yeah. about their pleasure. It's <laughs> yeah, just yeah, yeah. because of you. Well, that too. Yeah, I want them to at least come once before yeah. we settle down. Um, I agree. I also, you know. But five to ten I know I isn't realistic either. partners what? after me. Yes, or daring. Daring. Daring, daring and after. Dare I say daring? Um... <laughs> For me, it's like, honestly, uh, I, I, do, I don't care. I don't care. I would like it to be up 20 or more. Look, I used to have a lot that of means reservations. That's a guy that likes sex and that um, has had a lot of it to have a lot of experience and like know how to fuck good. I, th- I think, though, I think the fear for me, at least earlier on, is like if a girl had sex with like two guys like in high school, it's like, whoa. Too fucking like it was like the number seemed bigger. Yeah. Also, STDs. Like I had a a, a fear of those. Yes. A, probably a um, irrational irrational phobia. fear of it. I don't think I'm alone there. I think a lot no. of people. So if you and hear you like he's fucked 200 women, like. But I think if he's still alive, then he's <laughs> probably okay, and it's like all been treated. Or he has herpes and I can avoid it. Yes, no, it's or true. Or get more. No, I think you look at, at you. Look, bring him on. I'm, yeah. I don't have herpes yet. Double down. Bring on a new strain. It's they a, need friends. <laughs> give them a roommate. Can your I, herpes meet my herpes? Oh my god! I, there, that cohabitate. is a dating app called um, I think uh, herpes. Herpes hispies. H date, I think it's called oh. or something. Yeah, I mean, I think that's smart. Why not? Um, no, but yeah, no, I think you look at it. You look at it way more, ra- maybe irrationally the other way. I want to say if you haven't had sex with 20 people and you're a man listening, being like, I couldn't get Nikki Glaser because I haven't. I, I, that's not like a deal breaker. I'm yeah. just saying, and I don't think that you don't fuck good if you've only had two partners or one part or zero partners. You could be a virgin and get married and then fuck that person perfectly. I think that honestly, a lot of times sex creates bad habits that lead you further away from being able to please a partner that you're trying, because you think all women are like the person you were with before, Mm -hmm. and then you do the same things, and it's hard to break those habits than build them. So I think that either way can be fine. Yeah, and I I swear, like, I really am, like, I wouldn't, like, if you told me you're not, I don't want to hear about it in detail. Like, you know, number 15 had uh, more veins on his dick than 17. I don't want the details, mm-hmm. but the number I don't think would really bother yeah. me. Unless it was like 6,000. I can't believe my number because I've only had sex with one person in the I past know. eight years. Oh, I thought you were making a joke. No. Like one, ever. Oh, no. <laughs> I've only had sex with one person in the last eight years, yet my number is 16. You did it. I mean, you probably did 15 in a matter of like three months. <laughs> so by the time I was 29, 28 was when I stopped having sex with anyone new. And I got all my numbers and I mean, I got 15 in by 29. That's crazy. That's the other thing too. The older you get, I don't remember and you're a guy and you're single. That. Let's say you have sex 
twice in a month. Yeah. You know, that's 24 women times 10 is 240 women. No, like, it, I, like I'm numbers. friends with guys and I go, since we've been friends in the years, I can count. <laughs> I, I mean, I lose count. There are so many. So don't pretend like your number isn't in the double digits, upper double digits. There's just no way. We've been friends for a year. You're in your late 30s. There's no way you've been a comic for this long on the road. And I've witnessed this much. You've done a lot before then. It's just there's statistically there's no and they always play dumb like I don't know probably like around 40. I'm like I can it was 40 in the last <laughs> month dude don't fucking lie just I know you're in denial of it because it makes you feel like you might have diseases or whatever it is or like but you people just really underestimate their number I think men do because men don't add it up. Men don't you can't even remember the names of you couldn't if if you oh, had a gun to your head no, remember I'm how many your claiming number. I do. I think they're all named Jennifer. But if you had a gun to your head, what would you guess is the number right now? Within five seconds, five, four, sixty-three. Okay, maybe. Yeah, it's weird. Like to say that number though, because I like in the last you know couple years, I COVID obviously changed some things, but like there it was all within a window. Like all these like little window. Like I binge. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, I'm gone. Because you didn't have sex and, for yeah. a while. I know. You weren't having, I mean, you lost your virginity at what? Uh, 19? 18, 19. And then you didn't have sex for a while. I probably had sex with like maybe five women in college. My 20s, I just, dr drinking. It's a blur. It's a blur. Yeah, that's so what it's like, I don't, made. you know, I look at it as a chunk of time as opposed to. You look at women if you as go chunks. Into every, yeah, I look at chunkies, <laughs> I call them. But if you go through like. It, it, you know, you have that talk and you start going to specifics of each story of each, like not mistake, but like it's a mistake. There's I can count. I've, I've, I've made lists when I'm bored on planes of every yeah. guy I've kissed or like every guy, every guy yeah. I've like hooked up with. Like I've, I have lists and it's so funny cause I know my number is 16 or 17. Like I kind of forget which one it is. There's always, sometimes I get to it and I'm making a list and I'm like, how am I missing three guys? Like, where the fuck are those? Because I know that I've done the math at one point and it was definitely 16 or 17. Where are these three guys? Who were they? I don't remember. <laughs> it's so wild to not remember you see people them, that were have inside a blurry, you. They just have a blurry face in real life. You're like, I'll never know. Like, yes. it's, uh, it, yeah, I mean, yeah, you could really wrap your brain. I was like, I can't, I, oh my God, I did that? Like, I have those moments it's, sometimes. Sex is insane. You were inside someone, your penis, and you were going, Oh, oh, on them and you can't remember that like what the fuck is like I really do think we disassociate during sex because it's too weird to remember how gross we look let's get to the next story um, sex in the city writer Candace Bushnell, yeah. Bushnell mm -hmm. 60 years old admits she regrets choosing a career over having children as she is now truly alone mm -hmm. uh, when I was in my 30s and Doesn't 40s she have her shoes lover <laughs> I hate Sex in the City so much. It's so I, good. We tried to watch it this it's weekend. It's disgusting. It was bad. Hi, lover. And Sarah Jessica Parker is suddenly this like, like, oh, I'm I'm too embarrassed to talk about my sex life. And I can oh, do it on paper. And, and they have to say their age every second. And they have to. It is so obnoxious. It's the kiss thing. One of my best friends, um, who listened to the show, Laura Kotler, she told me that like. The end of episode, get through that. I've only watched the first episode. Get through the end of episode three because the kiss thing ever happens. And it's, it should be, we should do a whole collection of kiss about the series, 
Sex yeah. in the City, how many cuz there are. It's the whole show is cuz. The podcast thing, like the host, like not thinking she is sexual enough, and she's like, Ugh. oh, it's just, oh my god, it's painful. And then the Peloton scene, I'm with Brad. Just Charlotte oh. is such a little tw- like Charlotte's always so uptight. They, she would never, whenever I watched the old <laughs> Sex in the City, I hated Charlotte and Samantha as friends. Like, there's no way they would ever be friends. And then Charlotte at the, the piano recital like scolds Miranda for bringing wine. Like, and then Miranda like needing wine was everything was even Miranda going back to that class and like talking and and trying to be like woke. It's just it's 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 it was funny watching the Peloton scene with Brenna because I am 15, 16. She's like, you're not going on a Peloton. Like, she like looked at me. I can't believe Peloton gave gave the rights to that scene because I... It, the stock went down like 400 points. I would never want to get on a Peloton bike if I was a man. Alone? And it, never. Yeah. He, why would they ever sign off on that? They thought that was going to be good for them and then add insult to injury. It was like a commercial. He is a for- sex predator. Did you hear the stories that came out about oh, Chris yeah. Noth? Oh, in real Noth, life. Whatever his name is, who gives a fuck? Dude, they are very... He's a rapist. Oh. Allegedly. But well, he's like dead now. read the stories, you guys. If you don't know, read the girls' testimonials of what happened to them, both in 2000, oh, f- two thousand five and two thousand fifteen. That if he did two very similar things decade apart, he did a lot more in between. A lot more. Yeah. He's a bad guy. Uh, well, this woman says, uh, oh, and by the way, yeah, I it, it was interesting though, like it was like emotional. Like, Brenna started crying because she was thinking about me dying. Oh, like, my God. And, and then I, like, literally the next day got salmon. I was like, well, I'm eating salmon now. <laughs> Is salmon going to? I don't know, dude. Nothing makes sense. Okay, when I was in my, this woman, salmon. though. Salmon. Oh, like, I guess because like, it's healthy. Like, healthy. I just, okay, like. And then you choke on a bone. And just like just the smallest bone ever. <laughs> you just do. Th- Why was he sitting there just kind of like, I guess you get dazed after you have a heart attack and you just yeah. live, but you just, like, kind of slump in the corner like you're waiting at the airport and there's no seats and you're at your gate like why was he just sitting there just <laughs> and, and everyone's like, like why call did she call the cops oh though because his phone fell in the shower so it wasn't working i guess oh right yeah no those things are he definitely has a, at least a 12 and those things are waterproof <laughs> as fuck so don't give me that all right uh siri uh, cool. Okay, but this mm-hmm. woman, let's hear. I just want to read this quote. Oh, yeah, to you. I want to hear. Because when I was in my 30s and 40s, I didn't think about it. Then when I got divorced and I was in my 50s, I started to see the impact of not having children and of truly being alone. I do see that people with children have an anchor in a way that people who have no kids don't. Okay, write but a that book anchor about that. Could drown Please. You. <laughs> I want to hear about that feeling because I just don't. I, I, I'm pretty sure that I'm not going to be. A mother and that um i'm gonna and if i get to the point where i'm candace's age i'm 60 i would foster a teenager that need like i would just find some way to get kids in my life i would go volunteer with like, i was thinking that she could adopt but i mean do they give she's a billionaire so or million multi 15 million they say or it's 18 million something like that so what, she's yeah she does she's got all plenty right. of money yeah she could probably so then, but then you adopt, you're 60. What age do you adopt? 17. That's what I'm saying. Foster yeah, like a, saying. A, yeah. a teen or like just go, go be around young people if you need that in your life. And I understand that's not the same as having your own kids, but 
who's to say your kids wouldn't have been drug addicts that fucking hate your guts? Like, Especially if you're that rich. Yeah, it's a strong chance. Yeah. And I mean, you know, and you don't want to talk dirty on a podcast. But I would love to, if she wrote a book about that feeling and about like the regret, I would love to read that mm-hmm. and hear more about that because it just doesn't sound like, okay, they seem more grounded. What do you mean by that? Well, I just, I guess, oh God, that scene where Carrie looks at those heels and goes, <laughs> hi, lover. I wanted to barf. I And Kirsten wrote to me and said, I hate the normalization or the um, of wearing stilettos. Stilettos are so bad for yeah, women's feet. Destroy them. And it, this this is making it seem like acceptable and that's the weight. No. Girls do not Do you remember the this. first pair of high heels you ever put on? And do you remember the no. first commercial or movie or thing going, I need to stand up like a fucking, like a deer on my toes. Like, no. You, no, no, you don't remember it? But I mean, it was always there. It's always there. I know. It's interesting, it's, though. It that. never leaves you. I mean, I will say that Sex in the City, she's like a very cool writer, like stand, like b- body chick who like stands up for herself and is doesn't wear a shit ton of makeup and just dresses funky and fun and she's wearing stilettos everywhere. Like she didn't make stilettos look like this dainty, I'm going to be a wife and just yeah. be a good woman type thing. She made it look like a... Um, like a rebellious kind of statement of like, I like these things and I'm going to wear them. But it's like, even if they're, they're uncomfortable, it's foot binding. It yeah. is literal foot binding, modern day foot binding for I, women. I feel like for women, you know, it's like the idea of like womanhood is like, now you get to put on like your heels and make and makeup too. You yeah. know, it's just like, now you're old enough. Like there's this like window. It's like a bat mitzvah for Christian mm-hmm. women is makeup Wasn't and heels. Wasn't it creepy when Alanis Morissette in the documentary said when that she was eleven when or she tw- was, oh, 15. When she yeah. reached when she was a like when she got in she was a, a pop star. We got to go to break. When she was a pop yeah. star before the age of fifteen, men would she looked you know hot like she looked she older. Looked old, she looked yes. mature, but men would not hit on her until she turned 15 and then something happened when she was 14 they'd kind of go, "Oh, you're 14. Okay, can't do that." When she turned 15, the fucking floodgates opened. I the levees broke. I wonder if that's the age in Canada. I think it's just the age where men go, "That's a sexual woman." Or like mm-hmm. they just th- there's something about 14 that still seems like a girl and 15 just seems like I know it's not technically legal, but like she wants it. It's disgusting. Let's get to, let's go take a break and then we'll be back with uh, why do I care? Are you looking for some amazing TV to stream? Well, sink into your couch and indulge with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. We're talking some of the greatest comedies of all time. Absolute must-watch shows. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the crew in How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons of How I Met Your Mother are now streaming on Hulu right now. One of my favorite shows ever. And I mean, don't you want to know how he met their mother? Then go back home with the Dumfies, the Pritchetts, and the Pritchett Tuckers in Modern Family. Then you can start over with the Roses on Schitt's Creek. And then see what's up in the Kyle household in My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits. Streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. I mean, can you even watch all of this? We think so. Head on over to Hulu and start streaming today. Now we're talking. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. 
Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why do I care? Why do I care? Spider-Man producer warned Tom Holland and Zadaya that they not should to not date. date. Yeah. And uh Yes, but he, they still she, did. He, she also warned Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst not to date. She also warned um, Andrew wow. Garfield and Emma Stone not to date, and they wow. all did. Listen, this is going to happen. If you're dating someone and they are involved in a movie that is a huge blockbuster where you have to do all this press together and, like, honestly fall in love on camera, like, if my husband were an actor, bye bye 
You're not. You're gonna fall in love with every. If you go on Dancing <laughs> with the Stars, I'll see. I'll see you when you get kicked off and you realize this is all a fantasy. You're gonna fall in love with that person. It's gonna happen. The Brad and Angelina effect. It's you, you guys sit on someone next next to someone on a plane. Just and and talk to them the whole time. And you tell me that you're not more attracted to that man that you were not attracted to at first after that plane ride. It is the proximity. It is being forced to talk with where you're. You That's why I asked about the Nick and Ryan thing. Of where they were sitting, because I I was wondering how oh, close man. they were. For, you, I could for I could get two people to fall in love. I I really could. I'd say talk to each other with your faces this close together on a plane. <laughs> forced forced closeness it breeds intimacy, and it doesn't matter if you have a partner at home. It doesn't matter. Also, don't you think the movie makes more money the fact that they are dating? Of and course, I want to go see it because it's hot. And I, I know that they're like hot for each other. The I saw the story. I, I went on YouTube. I, was, I just typed in Tom Holland and Zadaya yeah. and just watched them in interviews. Oh my God. I'm getting <coughs> literally my vagina just tingled because of what I watched on the morning show yesterday. Have you finished the morning show season no, two? No, 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 but you can go ahead. Oh, nothing. I'm, I can't like I'm getting shivers. You guys know that I love romantic scenes. By the way, people have been sending me so many romantic scenes where the guy like confesses his love or like there's that like watershed moment of like, I love you mm -hmm. and I've loved you for a while. Dude, someone sent me one between two girls on this like Emily Dickinson movie. That was hot as fuck. I've never gotten into lesbian like romantic uh, moment stuff. So any of these scenes, I can't believe no one mentioned or suggested maybe i didn't see it the who's morning in it? show who's in, the, who's in the scene who do you think spoiler Anna's, alert Anna's turn it off if you're if you're if you haven't finished morning show right now like yeah. skip ahead uh 30 seconds i feel like it's probably aniston and no dude it's fucking crud up and witherspoon oh shit he shows up at her door to help her find her brother because her brother's missing but they've already hooked up right there it's, it's shady yes but then at the end he's just like i need to tell you something they're like on the streets and like looking for her brother and he's just like I love you. And it's just like, oh, God. He is so hot. I can't take it. So I he made so... it about him while they were looking for the brother? <laughs> yeah, because he was like, it was funny. Because all of a sudden she gets a call and they're like, we found your brother. And she's like, I can't deal with this. <laughs> yeah. She's about to uh, it was that great was it ba season them finale. Banging? It showed them banging? No. Oh. No. It's just, I, I don't need to see banging. No. I need to see the moment where the guy just is like, his defenses go down and he's like, I'm in love with you. And like that moment that breaks the tension. <laughs> <laughs> now, can you, oh. it is interesting when a scene just out of context can like get you there where you can kind of put it all together. But the fact that you've yet. watched the whole show probably adds, obviously. Oh a yeah. Lot like to you need scene. that because you need all the sexual tension building up to it. Yes. It's the breaking of the thing that you go, is it there? I'm sensing that it's there, but am I wrong about this? And then it all, Woo! Okay, let's get to the Reddit dump. This is, this is your Reddit dump. All right, this is the Reddit dump. Um, okay, I, I thought you might like this. This is on a um, Reddit TikTok cringe, which often has TikToks that are interesting. Sometimes they're cringy. I don't know which. This one was kind of both. It was a girl talking about um, posing with your boyfriend. It's it's now the season where you're posing with your boyfriend. And she's like, she writes, writes how to pose with a short king. So she's dating a guy who's shorter than Tom her. Tom Holland and Zendaya. No, it's, well, yeah, but. No, no, I'm it's, saying like that. He kind of looks like Tom Holland. He's so cute. She's so hot. She looks like a, um, she looks like Gal Gadot. Um, and this is her talking about that. So and it's kind of funny because she's throwing him under the she's like 
kind of dismissing him the whole time as the joke, even though people are yeah. probably like, what a fucking dumb twat. She doesn't even let him talk. But that's the joke is that he's short. And so she's kind of like, just just be here, honey. And he's totally for, in on the joke. It's easy for him to get under the bus. <laughs> And I'm married to a short king, right, Josh? Right. So it is holiday season, <laughs> and we know that means pictures. We all want pictures with our significant other, even if they are a little bit shorter than you. <laughs> I want to look cute, and I want to wear heels. Me too. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. So I'm going to show you how to pose with your short king or your short queen. This is our height. This I have height. a very short heel on. I am not. Okay, so what she does is, so she's about, a, a, I would say, almost a foot taller than him. What she does, it's, it's a, I've never done this because I had a, oh, did Luigi just so yawn? Cute. Are you a baby? He looked like one of your short, Are he looked you? like the short king next to you. Do you yeah, he's like, I'm the short king. <laughs> yeah, Luigi is a short king. Marion's a shorter you. queen. He is such a sweetie lately. I love you, boo-boo. Um, he just wants love lately. So I'll, I'll talk like this when I do it because he just likes when I talk like this. So what she does is she puts her, she puts the, um, her front leg in front. She puts one leg in front of her back leg and on her back leg, she bends it ah. so that it, you don't see her leg bending in the back. Let me, do, let me stand up and do this for you guys. Let me just show you. Okay. She won't look like a pirate though. So she goes like, like, okay. So it's like this. Yeah. And she does. This ah. and like like this, and she bends this leg. So Wouldn't she straighten the front leg? Yeah. Like this. Gotcha. And so you bend this back leg is bent. See if you look unbent like that. You do it a lot. You do it. No, I'm John saying like John Stewart. Watch. Accuse me of it. Oh. Oh, I wasn't gonna sit on him. I'm very aware of my butt and but. Luigi. Um, John Stewart. Uh, when I met him, I took a picture with him, and he goes, "I saw what you did there. Thanks a lot." I and I was like, "What?" And he was like, eh, "I'm a short guy. Yeah, yeah. You, you had to bend down. You, you had to bend down." I was like, "I swear I didn't. I really didn't even." But you do it in um when you do uh meet pictures, and meet and greets. It's not like a mean thing, but you just have. I think it's a tendency for you to like. Because you're I, really good at it. Like, I want to just get on natural. the same level. I don't want it. I I like to be close to their head. You don't have to pat them on the head though. And go, you are so cute. You could do little Johnny Stewart, little millionaire. Oh, you want to take a picture with me, you little baby? Oh, you want to sit on my lap? Tell me what you want for Christmas. All right. Uh, the next thing on Reddit dump. Um. Oh, shut up, bitch. Now I'm like yelling at her about the thing that I just said. Okay. So. Stop. Okay. Um. What is hot when you're? This is on Ask Reddit. What is hot when you're horny but isn't when you're not? Here's some answers. It's always fun to read. Cream pieing a one night stand. It sounds really sexy and exciting at the moment, but it's a horrible idea otherwise. Uh, Cream pieing, if you don't know, is. Yeah. Yeah. Pulling my hair. I have a very sensitive scalp. Nothing pisses me off quicker than getting my hair yanked on, unless it's during sexy time. Then I love it. Wow. Do I relate to that one? And you need to grab it, a lot of it, not a little bit. Don't. Let's not even talk about the time you grabbed a couple strands of ha Brenda's hair. It makes me, I, I can't even <laughs> listen to it. It makes me so sad. Um, someone said, I used to date a girl who was into huge toys and fisting. I was happy to indulge. We would take videos and pictures. One time after a session, she was kind of like, fuck, I think I'm starting to cross a line. She asked me to delete it and we had some drinks. And after, after four, she was like, hey, you didn't delete those pics yet, have you? Then she took a second look and she began talking about trying more stuff. We broke up because her job took her elsewhere and my field was pretty sparse there. Still think of her most days. I don't understand. 
Oh, oh so a like, video of it they took. She didn't want to see a video of her getting fisted until after the fact. After she got yeah, drunk, yeah. because after when she sobered up, she's like, "Ugh, I shouldn't have done that." I'm I mean, so I relate dirty. to yeah, for sure. Um, doing things during sex that you're like, I don't need to see that shit. Um, do you have anything? I mean that uh, Just everything anything. you said, yeah, all that stuff. I mean, um, there's times where you end up eating the girl out or blowing, and you're under the bed. You don't even know how you got under. Uh, like, ask Reddit. Um, what is the, your worst experience on drugs? These are always my favorite to read. If you want to have a good old time, go to Ask Reddit and just read people's responses because you just get, they all the best responses get upvoted. Someone said, I once on shrooms convinced myself I didn't exist. My eyes were just movie screens and I was watching someone else live their life. Mm. Um, someone said, I've had something similar before on weed. It was truly terrifying. It's basically depersonalization. Um, I went into edibles thinking it would be real chill and I experienced depersonalization bad for like three hours. It was the strangest thing. Someone said, did a dab, threw up, slept on my friend's carpet for 14 hours. Someone said, called 911 one time on mushrooms because I was smoking a blunt and tripped myself out, tripped myself out thinking about my lungs. Asked them to come to my house with some oxygen and to leave the lights on, lights and sirens off. Good times. (laughs) Um, Have you ever done salvia? No. Can I just say never do salvia, you guys? I've done it once and I didn't have this experience, but I've read so many forums where people have done salvia, which is, is kind of like again? it's like this illegal thing that's like you smoke it and you trip for like seconds, okay. but it feels like an eternity and people have the worst trips ever. Someone said I smoked pot for the first time in almost 20 years to de-stress and ended up experience ma- experiencing massive anxiety. I think I smoked too much because I had to remind myself to breathe. It felt like my brain was forgetting to tell my body to do it. That seems like something that would happen to you. Yeah, it, I mean, I went to the ER multiple times, but the one on weed where I ended up in the heart ward for three days. There you go. That's got to be it. Someone said, bought salvia at our FSU weekend Wednesday market thing. Scariest drug I've ever taken. One friend said he went back in time and saw his dead dad. The drug kicks in so fast, gives you no time to assimilate. Someone said, tried salvia once, never again. Thought I was trapped in a new state of life where I had no body. Worst ever. Someone said, I was trapped in a universe that was just one third inch of standing water. I was actually standing on a pool table. Someone said, why do people do salvia? Seriously, I've never heard anything fun that comes of it. Is it just people wanting to test their limits? Um, Someone said, salvia gave me anxiety for months after. So So not worth it. It made me question reality and 3D space. It all felt so much less real about having reality steamrolled by... It all felt so much less real after having my reality steamrolled by salvia. I'd get freaked out when thinking about materials and surfaces, trying to understand what they are actually made of. I get that they're made of atoms, but what exactly does that mean? What is it? What is it? I guess it's hard to explain, but thankfully that doesn't affect my daily life anymore. Someone said, I've never heard of a single person that ever enjoyed salvia. I've heard many first person accounts of trips and they all sound like unmitigated nightmares. Um, Someone said, got stuck in the woods at a music festival on acid because I was afraid that the cars in the parking lot were out to eat me. (laughs) (laughs) Final thought. Um, oh, someone said, what is the, what is something you call by a company name instead of the actual thing it is? This is an ask Reddit. Um, mm. some Jeep. examples include, what was that? Jeep. I don't even know what that is besides a Jeep, but apparently that's the brand. Well, I thought uh, Jeep was a car, but it's a, a brand. Oh, you thought it was a type of car, like a mm. sedan or something. Yeah. Or like, like an there SUV. could be a Tesla Jeep. Yeah, exactly. That's like when Andrew did a prank call and he said, I'm calling from Macy's about the Zara sweater you didn't return. And I go, dude, 
You're talking about two <laughs> separate things. You can't return a Zara sweater to Macy's. Wait, a Jeep isn't a, a kind of car? No, a Jeep is a it's a, a brand. No, I know that, it's a Kleenex it's awesome. company. Ah. Okay, um, I had a coworker that oh. called all donuts Dunkin' Donuts, and it drove me crazy. Someone said, um, there were some interesting ones in here. Taser. Taser is a oh. uh, acronym. Roomba. Roomba, yes. Um, do you know that uh, a, a Taser is an acronym for Thomas A. Swift's Electric Rifle? Um, Allen Wrenches, Frisbee, Velcro, Kevlar, Dumpster. That one's an interesting one. Auto, uh, oh, duct wow. tape. Yeah, Dumpster is the actual brand. Duct tape, rollerblades. They're actually called inline skates. Rollerblade is the ah. brand. Um, Oh, uh, not uh, okay. So this isn't what the OP asked for. OP on Reddit is original poster, the person that posts the question. But all edited images are referred to as photoshopped, regardless of what software was used. Jacuzzi, yes. Zamboni, Tupperware, um, trampoline, post-its, Xerox, chapstick, Google, Band-Aid. Who's doing anything but Googling, though? Like, you're not going to Alta Vista or, or Web Crawler. Or fucking Ask Jeeves. Yeah. All right. Band-Aid. What is that, then? What's that called? Um, It's called, like, a, a, Medical, a plaster. A pre- yeah. At least that's what they call them in um, Britain, a plaster. Um, what is something common that has never happened to you? Hmm. This is on Ask Men. Never been in a fight. Being a guest on someone else's wedding. Literally every person I know has been on one but me. <laughs> nope. I'm afraid the first wedding I'll ever attend would be my own. A nosebleed? You're lucky if that's I've never case. had a nosebleed. You haven't? Mm-hmm. Not like a, like maybe pick my nose and some blood, but never like a, oh. like a nosebleed. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm. Broken bones, someone said? Never had a broken bone. You haven't? Mm-mm. Stitches, but no broken bone. Have one you broke a bone? Stand? Yeah. My, you- um... Heel bone, How? the hardest bone oh, to break yeah. in your well, body. Yeah, Jumping over fence. a fence, <laughs> being stood up for a date. Someone said, "Never been mutually in love." Oh, that's sad. Yeah. Um, chicken pox. Someone said they've never had. Well, they'll yeah. get it. You're gonna die. Top three green flags. This is for dating advice. Dating underscore advice. Oh, oh green. Green oh, flags. I thought like literally. Yeah. It's like thinking the masters. <laughs> 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 I literally was. like. Bosnia. Uh, Um, (laughs) Number one is kindness to everyone, not just me and his friends slash family. Two, open communication about how he feels outside of and inside of the relationship. A good sense of humor and optimism. Oh my God, hold on. We have a couple minutes. I wanted to get to this. I'm reading the book attached and I promised I'd finish it because no, I told no I would. So although I would have already put it down, I keep reading it. Last night I couldn't sleep. Holy fuck am I anxious attached. And you guys got to read this book because it makes you feel so less crazy for being a, a girl that overthinks things. Mm-hmm. Anxious attached people, I did not know this, pay attention to details that other people just do not. And it, it's not because they're crazy. It's because they, and oh, oh my God, the statistics are so crazy. In the dating pool, there is not going to be as many, you're always looking for a secure partner if you're anxious attached, always. Like if you find someone who is, there's anxious attached, there's secure attached, and then there's um, avoidant. avoidant. Most of the dating pool is avoidant attached because avoidant people avoid relationships, so they're always getting thrown out of them and they're back in the dating pool. So most of the people that you're going to date are going to be avoidant. Uh. And the second you're, if you're an anxious attached person, which a lot of women are and men, 
the second you sense that they're avoidant, get the fuck out because it's not going to change. And you need to look for the red flags of avoidance. So this this book, though, the chapter on avoid uh, anxious attached, I didn't even want to read it because I'm like, I know I probably am. I don't want to be labeled this thing that has the word anxious in it that makes me feel like I'm a clingy, like needy, you know, nothing is ever going to be enough. I want love. Please, please me think kind of girl. But I am. And there's nothing <laughs> wrong with it. Anxious attached people are not bad because they feel unlovable or they feel like they're not good enough. Yes, those are kind of things about it. But the reason you are is because the way you were raised and because you didn't get your needs met at some certain point. It's not your fault. And it doesn't mean you're unlovable. It doesn't mean you can ha- can't have a stable relationship. You don't even need to fix yourself. You just need to find someone who's secure attached because when you're anxious attached, things that um, make you, that trigger your anxiety are like, like I'm someone who will know exactly they gave an example of like, here's a guy that's anxious detached and he knows how many times the phone rang before it went to voicemail. Then he knows he called again. Now it rang this many times. Then he realizes it was seven minutes before she got back to me. What was she doing that like yeah. knows all the times, knows like, okay, they post, they watched my first story, yeah. but then they dropped off. Like I know all of those things when I'm into someone, anxious people are constantly looking for validation that the person they are into does not like them. And then as soon as they get validation based on one of these things that they see that other people, by the way, are are, anxious people actually do. They're right. Well, a lot of comedians, that's our observation. Well, they're right. Yeah. Anxious people notice things they've done tests that, that, you know, um, either avoidant or secure people just don't notice. We pick up on little micro aggressions, micro things, because we're always looking for someone to not like us. And so when you find when someone does one of those things, it validates that they are leaving you and you get and you do this thing called um, I forget what the word is, but you you go into this mode of anxiety. It triggers it. You can be a normal person and then it triggers this anxiety. And all that it takes for you to get out of this level of anxiety is a secure person. So a secure person might in an inadvertently trigger your anxiety. Let's say like for this example, this guy was calling his girlfriend It rang three times. It went to voicemail. The next time it rang not even once and it went to voicemail and he starts spiraling an hour in that hour. He spirals. He's because he's insecure. She doesn't like me anymore. She's avoiding me. Then like all these things turns out her boss was right there and she was in the middle of the thing. So she couldn't talk. And the second she communicated that his anxiety is quelled and he's back to normal and everything's fine. So the thing about anxious attached people is they're not they will always get back to a stasis they're not going to stay anxious if you are just with a secure person who tells you the truth and is not fucking with you now avoidant people are constantly not telling the truth they're constantly trying to mislead you do things that will make you feel less than judge you leave things ambiguous so they're going to torture unintentionally an anxious Mm -hmm. uh, attached person the interesting thing is the dating pill is filled with avoidant people. Avoidance never end up with other avoidance. There's been study after study. Anxious attached always ends up with avoidant attached or secure attached. You should always try to end up with secure attached. Anxious, I don't, they didn't really talk about the stats of anxious and anxious. I think that that's probably a thing that happens but doesn't last as long. Avoidant and avoidant never get together. And what they said about anxious attached people is if you go on a date with someone who is secure, generally, they they do not validate the feeling that you have is that you're unlovable and that you're going to be left. So they seem boring. And after a while, which is what I was talking about, when you're in a relationship that goes up and down and every time you're anxious, you get soothed, you start to equate anxiety with soothing, the soothing that follows, and you start to like it. 
you start to like the anxiety because you know that you're going to be soothed afterwards mm-hmm. in this way that feels so good and so puts you at such peace. So when you meet someone that's just stable and there's no wave, they seem boring. And what they found was that if anxious attached people wait that feeling out, the boringness and stick it through even though the person is boring and they're getting like boring bo- alerts to be like, this guy sucks. He's boring. Wait it out because what they found in studies is that anxious attached people, when they make judgments about things like, okay, it took him that long to write. He's not going to, he, he doesn't like me anymore. They were usually right, but they were right. They were right so much more of the time. They're, they're usually right when they make these judgments, but their rightness goes up exponentially when they wait five seconds a minute and make a decision so they were doing these tests where like they show a person's expression and they have to guess is that person mad at me or not or is that a bad Mm -hmm. expression and when the anxious attached person had no time limits of like now answer they just answered right away and they were right let's say 80 percent of the time i'm just making up these numbers but when they were forced to not submit their answer about what they thought that person's expression was until a minute where they were like, think about it for a minute. You have to, you're forced to. That person was right 100% of the time. So if you're an anxious attached person, you gotta read this book, whether you're attached, like which whatever way. It is fucking, it's so fascinating. And I'm someone that knows a lot about this stuff. So I feel like a lot of yeah. books talk down to me and like hold my hand through things that I'm very well versed in because I've been going to therapy for since I was 18. This book is opening my eyes to many new things every time I read it. So I can't recommend it enough. And I got to go to therapy right now. So I'll see you tomorrow. Don't be cut and jack therapy. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I used to have so many men... How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. 
Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily Podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.